0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. As you can all hear, I'm not Matthew. They're on vacation this week, so you've got me, Aaron, your usual Bad Batch co-host, as well as the lovely Danielle, aka Written in the Star Wars, back again to talk about this week's episode, Season 2, Episode 9, The Crossing. Right after this commercial break, we have no control over it. All right. So it's a good episode this week, ready to dive in. But first, how are you, Danielle? I'm great. I'm
1: excited to be back this week to chat about the bad batch. I really love this episode. So yay.
0: Yeah, me too. It had like it had a lot of good emotional depth. I was very happy with it. Just to kick us off, kind of what were your initial thoughts and impressions when you saw this episode?
1: I was struck by how emotional it was for tech. Mm-hmm. Uh I I knew that it was gonna be it was going to have to be an emotional episode because it's the first one after Echo leaves and you can't just kind of ignore that. And I knew that it was going to deal with that in some way, but the fact that they gave tech the opportunity to talk about emotions and feelings because he's the one who usually doesn't was Mm -hmm. really intriguing to me. And I think really heartfelt. And I know from things I've seen online that a lot of people felt really represented and seen in Mm -hmm. uh text words and i think that that's
0: just a great thing yeah i really liked how we got to see like text kind of lack of text tact (laughs) actually (laughs) affect somebody else negatively because so many times it's kind of used as like a punchline or just like a character quirk but i feel like it gave his character a lot more depth to be like oh like let's stop and think about this and then try to find a way to state his emotions even though that's not something he's used to or comfortable with. Mhm.
1: I think it it was very nuanced because it would have been so easy for them to just make tech look kind of like a jerk because of what he said mm-hmm. to Omega, but that's not who he is. He genuinely cares about her and he cares about his brothers and we've seen that throughout the show, but um to have him instead acknowledge that he was hurtful to omega even though he didn't mean to be and then have omega understand that he didn't mean to be hurtful and you know just kind of them have a, a meet a middle ground where they can meet and understand like what they both need to do in order to communicate better and i think that's so important for children especially who watch the show who either you know resonate with what tech said or, or don't and have friends who do, and
0: they can learn how to communicate better with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true. Um, so we got to do a little episode summary here. Do you want (laughs) to do it or do you want me to go ahead? Uh, I guess I can do episode summary.
1: Yeah. So episode nine, the crossing picks up right well, not right after episode seven and eight, but Echo isn't with the group anymore, and they're on a mission with Sid or for Sid to find some ibsium in a mine on some far off planet, and they encounter some technical issues, some storm issues, which lead to a very interesting Lion King esque scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: With with Wrecker kind of almost getting trampled <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, with an approaching storm, they have to find refuge inside another mine and they get kind of locked in and or caved in to this mine. And Tech says some hurtful things to Omega, who's still trying to adjust to Echo not being a part of the group anymore, as they all are. And she goes off on her own, finds some more Ipsium to mine. Tech follows her. They get lost in this cavern and end up having a really touching moment where Tech tells Omega that he experiences emotions differently, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't feel And it was really, really touching, really beautiful. And it's quickly interrupted by Wrecker screaming as he falls down a waterfall after that. Classic Wrecker. And they managed to get out of the cave. And uh, unfortunately, their ship has been stolen by someone who lives on this planet, presumably. And they don't know how to get out. And Sid refuses to help them. So for now, they're stuck, shipless, a member down on this planet, and they don't have any communication with anyone,
0: so they're not sure how they're going to get out, and maybe we'll find out next week. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't put together, but of course it's going to be a two-parter. We have to find out what's next. (laughs) Yeah, how are they going to get out, how are they going to get off that planet? Yeah, yeah. A few moments that kind of stuck out to me, I just wrote down a couple quotes that I liked. So there was, like you said, um... Omega's really upset about losing Echo, and they're trapped in the cave, and she's saying, like, like, he could have helped us, but we can't, like, communicate with him. And Tech's like, oh, he turned his comm device off. And mm-hmm. I feel like she's kind of hurt about that. She doesn't understand why. She feels like he's pushing them away. Which is an understandable interpretation and feeling about that.
1: hmm
0: And... She's talking about how the Marauder got stolen and that's their home. Like, that's where they belong. And she says, we lost Echo. Like, we can't lose the Marauder, too. We can't lose our home. And Hunter goes, well, we didn't lose Echo. Like, he's just on a different mission. Like, kind of trying to comfort her. Mm -hmm. And she's just not having it. She's like, but he's supposed to be with us. Like, we're supposed to be a squad. And that's when Tech comes in. Oh, tech. And he goes, the squad existed before Echo was a part of it, and it will exist after. What is your issue? Oh. Oh, my God. The what is your issue? I was like, that's harsh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so Omega's clearly upset. She, She's holding a data pad. She kind of throws it at tech and just stalks away. Hunter tries to, like, talk to her. She's like, no, I want to be alone. And so She goes into this little tunnel. Turns off the lights. It just kind of sulks there for a while, and I kind of liked that we saw a child stating what they needed and wanted emotionally, and having that respected by the adults around her.
1: Yeah, yeah. And instead of just immediately going after her, uh, letting her have her space and letting her sort through her feelings a little bit as well, so that she could have that conversation with Tech later and. You're right. We don't really often see that, children being allowed by the parental figures in their lives to to feel what they
0: feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after a while, Tech's talking about, oh, we could have used the Ipsium to blow our way out of this cave or this mine. And Wrecker's like, you're the one who dropped it. (laughs) And Tech's like, okay, well, I'll fix my mistake. I'm going to go find more Ipsium. And Hunter goes, that's not the only mistake you need to fix. Yeah. And I just, I appreciated the, it's very poignant. He's very to the point. He's like, look, man, you effed up and you got to go fix that right now. Yeah. For the sake of the family dynamic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that being direct like that is what Tech needs because Mm -hmm. he doesn't do well with social cues. He doesn't do well with people hinting that he was being rude uh or hinting that he needs to be you know need to go apologize to Omega and so I think Hunter maybe recognizes that and is like okay we're not beating around the bush I need to tell you 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 need to go apologize to Omega you need to go fix this because you, this is exactly how she's feeling and even though you may not approach this situation the same way as her that doesn't mean that you are incapable of hurting her and mm-hmm. I think that that really kind of hit home to Tech because it was so direct and that's what he needed.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Hunter knows how to get to everyone.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's squad the father. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Um Oh, one thing that I thought was really sweet is when Tech finds Omega, she's found more Ipsium and she's mining it. And she's trying to reach this last little bit for their last vial and she, as you said, kind of falls down this hole And Tech crawls through the hole after her and just jumps down. Like, doesn't really pause to look, doesn't grab out a scanner to see what's below. Like, it could just be a drop to their death. But he's like, she fell screaming and I'm just gonna go. Yeah. And I thought that was very sweet. It's like, even when they're having their disagreements at the end of the day, like, he cares about her and needs to make sure she's safe.
1: Yeah, I think we don't get to see a lot of Tech's protective side. Every mm-hmm. now and then we see it, but it is it, it, and it that makes it hit harder when he is very protective of her yeah. because we don't see it so often. And so, yeah, him just jumping into the darkness uh, below after her was very touching because, I mean, that's what any of them would do, but mm-hmm. it's always nice to see it.
0: Yeah, to have it clarified, you know? Because we've seen it from Hunter a million times. We've seen it from Wrecker. Yeah. yeah, I liked diving into tech this episode. Yeah. Any interesting moments that you found?
1: Uh, I thought that Wrecker had some interesting moments. I think I said last time that Wrecker is, to me, the most grounded member of the batch. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. he doesn't, I think, like, because of that, he doesn't get a lot of the same attention that the other members do so like we've gotten a lot of tech this season. We got a lot of hunter last season. Um but Wrecker is just kind of like he's the most sane member so he yeah. doesn't really need he doesn't really need that extra work that the rest of them do. And so we see his evolution and his character much more in like smaller ways. And this episode I thought was really kind of a uh, proof of that. When he and Omega are sitting outside of the cave while at the beginning of the episode while Hunter and Tech mm-hmm. are looking for the Ipsium, um, Omega says that she is thinking about Echo and how he should be there, and Wrecker says, well, you get used to it after a while, and you can tell that he understands that Omega is upset and that he empathizes with her, But he's also a lot more used to people leaving, I think, than Omega Mm -hmm. is. And he feels it, but he also acknowledges that he has to push it aside for the sake of the team and for the sake of their missions and for the sake of Omega because she's the youngest. And I thought that that was like a real sign of like Wrecker's emotional intelligence, I think, a little bit because he knows what Omega's feeling and he also knows that he can't coddle her, but he also wants her to know that it will be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that showed again when, uh, right after Tech said, what is your issue to mm-hmm. Omega, which still hurts, so I'm mad to hear. Literally hurts. Uh, um, the look Wrecker gave him was such a, like, big brother look, like why did you say that like, yeah, like come on <laughs> and tech's like what I don't know <laughs> he's like what do you mean <laughs> yeah. um and but I, I loved that he wasn't like super hard on tech about it I think again because they know how tech is and they know mm-hmm. that he didn't mean it but at the same time he needs to know the ramifications
0: of what he said yeah no I liked that too just when Hunter's saying you know you have to go talk to her. And Wrecker's like, yeah, go talk to her. And Tech kind of hesitates. And Wrecker just cracks his knuckles and rolls his <laughs> neck. And Tech's like, okay, I'm going.
1: Fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's really true what you said about emotional intelligence. Because Wrecker's the first one to notice that, like, Omega's not doing well. And maybe mm. he's not the first to notice, but he's the first to say something to her about it. Yeah. Like, oh, what's up? She says, I'm just thinking about Echo, you know, and then the conversation you mentioned before happens um yeah another diving into that conversation that tech and omega have where they kind of work through things and make amends they just fell down a waterfall like you said they (laughs) climbed their way out of a lake they're kind of sitting on the shore and tech's explaining like or she's asking him why doesn't it bother you that omega's gone you don't seem like you care and um text talking about, you know, change is a big part of life. You know, like it's just gonna keep happening and we have to adapt. That's what soldiers do. And Omega goes, but we're more than that. We're a family. Aren't we? Yeah. Which hurt my feelings really bad. But yeah. aren't we? I was like, oh baby. <laughs> And Tech, I think, was not expecting it and doesn't really know how to respond to something like that. So he kind of did a, well, uh, yes. Yes, of course we are. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when she asks, why don't you act like it? And that's when Tech takes a moment. There's like a pause and he takes a moment to actually like identify and try to articulate his feelings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's when he says, like, Echo chose a different path, as did Crosshair. I have to respect their decision, even though it can be difficult to understand. We must carry on. And then he kind of pauses. I think he notices that Omega understands, but that doesn't, that doesn't fix anything. It still, yeah. to her, it seems like he doesn't really care. And then he goes, this is my favorite line from the episode, but he says, I may process moments and thoughts differently, but that doesn't mean I feel any less than you do. Yeah. And I just thought, like you said before, that's really great representation for people who maybe are a little more like technologically or like fact minded Mm -hmm. that aren't used to expressing their emotions, but they do still feel. And I think a lot of times people like that get a lot of crap for like not being feeling enough or emotional enough. So it was really nice to see just that small amount that he offered. It was just perfect. Omega was like, okay. She understood. She accepted that and kind of, I felt like the amends were made and they were like, okay. And that's when she turned around and was like, oh, there's a little peak of light. We can get out this way. Yeah. And then they called the other two down with the Ipsium to blow their way out. Oh, that was another thing I kind of liked. We saw... Um... They put the Ipsium there and they go hide behind a rock. And then Tech pulls out his gun. And Record's like, why does he get to blow it up? <laughs> and Tech's like, this requires a very precise shot. Otherwise, it's going to cave in and kill all of us. Yeah. And I kind of liked the reminder that Tech's not all intelligence and technology and things like that. He, like, mm-hmm. is still a really good marksman. He's still a really good soldier. And I think because of Crosshair, we all kind of get that. You know, like yeah. so it was good to see the team kind of filling in the spaces where Crosshair left. I think mm-hmm. it's probably taken them a while to adjust, but I think they're starting to really like heal from that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting because besides Hunter, Echo would have been the one to have that conversation with Omega, but he's not there obviously and they're having that conversation because he's gone. But Mm -hmm. I also think that of the batch, there was no one who could explain change and acceptance better than tech could have, because he also has to think about it for himself. And who better to explain that to a child than someone who has to actually think about how he processes change and how he processes acceptance. Um, And so I think that like, you know, by a weird turn of events, it was exactly what Omega needed to hear and exactly what she needed at that moment.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like she's a very emotional person. Her emotions are almost always known. She states them or expresses them. And so, yeah, I really liked the bridge built between them. The most emotional and the least apparently emotional person of the team. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's like they both um, came to an understanding of what the other needs from them, I guess. And I think Tech is realizing that he needs to be a bit more open with Omega. And he doesn't have to be completely open. She's not asking him to completely change who he is, but Mm -hmm. he needs to communicate with her better about his feelings and his emotions. And she also needed to accept that he'll never be as open And soft with her as Hunter is or as Wrecker is. And that's okay. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about her. But she has to know, like, what to expect from him and what not to.
0: Yeah. I kind of think the reason she's so – or part of why she's really wanting to connect with him emotionally is a lot of times it was Hunter and Echo that were playing Mm kind of mom and dad. And I think she's really feeling the absence of that, of course, of Echo because he's gone, but then also he would be one of the people to comfort her most. And Mm -hmm. he's not only not there, he's not able to be communicated with. Yeah. And so I think she was kind of hoping for something similar from tech and then just met with what she was. I think that's where the conflict really started.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm
0: glad we got to see it all resolved in the beautiful way that we did.
1: Yeah it was especially at the very end you know they're trying to figure out what they're going to do because sid said she might send somebody to come get them but that was who the knows worst. with sid yeah who knows with her like, these days let down okay girl yeah. <laughs> so they're they're truly at like the bottom right now <laughs> like i said mm-hmm. they they don't have a ship they have no idea how they're going to get off this planet um But Omega is not downtrodden anymore. She's arguably a lot happier than she was at the beginning of the episode. And I think that has a lot to do with tech because she repeats what he told her, which was, we'll find another way like we always do. And I think that brings her a lot of comfort and... Tech, when he hears her say that, he smiles because he's like, mm-hmm. I did teach her something. <laughs> like, yeah. every everything's going to be okay. She understands me. I understand mm-hmm. her. And they're both, I think, a lot happier at the end than they were at the beginning, which is, like I said, really uh, ironic because they're in a worse position than they were before. A worse outward position, I guess, a better yeah. internal position.
0: Well, yeah, no, they're literally on a planet, no ship, incoming yeah. dust, lightning storm. Super yeah. low on rations, and they just arrived to a spaceport that they thought would be their savior, but is fully abandoned. Yep. <laughs> so, the squad's got a lot to sort through next week. hmm Got a lot to do. Um, going back to what you said, though, about how she kind of repeats um, what Tech said earlier, how he was saying, like, oh, we don't need help. Like, we'll always find a way. That's what we do. Kind of a thing. And... I kind of liked that she restated it, but it like felt a little different because I think it's both of them taking that sentiment and then applying it to the way that they see the world a little bit. So like he's technically like, in the past, we always get through this. Therefore, we will get through this. Like, we're talented. We can complete the things. And she kind of at the end, I feel like is saying it with a very like, we'll get through this. Like, we always do because we have each other and we're a family. Yeah. And so I like yeah. that.
1: That's a really good point. And I like how that can be applied to how the different members of the batch would use that themselves. Like text, like you said, is very analytical, very logical. Like we have the skills to do this. We have the skills to get past this. I don't have any doubt about that. Omegas again, like you said, is very hopeful, very we're family. It's okay. I feel like hunters would be um we're going to get through this because i'm not letting anything happen to omega. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um i think Wreckers would be just kind of like we're we're going to get through this. It'll be okay. Just because he's like he's kind of the the guy who is always the one who's like it's going to be all right. It's going to be yeah. fine. Uh, everything will We'll,
0: person we'll get
1: through this. Yeah. So i like i like thinking that's a good idea. Thinking about how each of them would apply
0: that is really interesting. Mhm. Different interpretations of the same sentiment, yeah. Um, oh, yes, kind of going off of that. Um, back when they were in the cave and Tech finds Omega and she's already harvesting some ipsium, he's like, Do you know you're surrounded by enough ipsium to collapse this entire cavern? and she's kind of like don't distract me. Like, yes, I know what's going on. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, well, I guess we should collect as much as possible. And she says to him, you trust me to do that? And he responds, I have no doubt you possess the skills necessary to complete this task. (laughs) And she kind of is like, ugh. Like She (laughs) kind of like shakes her head and goes back to mining. And I feel like that was just another piece of conflict before their resolution, you know? Yeah. Where he's he's gone there to apologize. He's trying to, like, make amends. And still just the way he states things are not working out for her right now.
1: Yeah. And I think it's so funny because we're, we're literally seeing Omega grow up. Like, she is... Mm-hmm. Omega season one wouldn't have reacted that way. She wouldn't have rolled her eyes and, yeah. you know, scoffed. But she's... Getting closer and closer to being a teenager if she's not already. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with that comes the hormones and mood swings. And and I felt like that was really evident in this episode. And that makes me like, it makes me feel happy that we get to see her grow up. But also sad that she's she's not a, a baby anymore like she was in the first season.
0: It's like she's growing up. No, she's growing up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just both sentiments. It's funny. So this this week, yesterday I worked all day. So I didn't have time to watch it. And I'm like coming down with a cold. So I didn't want to get up early to watch the episode. So I watched it last night. And so I had gotten an email during the day about um from Reddit about like something they thought I'd be interested in. And the title was just angsty omega. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's coming in this episode, but it's about to be good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what's that's very much her Omega? becoming a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Were there other things that you liked or kind of stood out to you this episode?
1: I think Sid, um, which I really liked um, what they did, like just kind of, they're, they've been building up for a while, I think, since the... A tech riot racing episode that maybe Sid isn't someone they actually want to be in business with Mm -hmm. and um this episode was proof that that episode was really important for that reason because that was the one that set it up and and now we have even more proof that you know Sid maybe isn't reliable they do like tech said like tech was pulling out their seats. We've done this, we've done this, mm-hmm. we've done this. And what have you done for us? Literally nothing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this this mutual relationship isn't so mutual anymore. And yeah. she's willing to leave them there to die. And so or cold. you know, yeah. And and so I think that that is a really interesting setup uh for her character and for like what might happen I've seen a lot of people talk about the parallels between Crosshair maybe realizing that the Empire isn't a good relationship that he Mm. should be in and now the Batch are realizing that Sid maybe isn't such a good relationship they should be in and how that their stories are kind of paralleling in different ways but very still quite similar
0: yeah I think that's really true. And I wonder if they're kind of pushing Sid away and showing her lack of support for them as a way of changing the Batch's kind of trajectory right now. Because they've been doing kind of like bounty hunter type things, different little missions for her. But if they don't want to work with Sid anymore, that leaves them open to maybe help with the rebellion. Maybe help clones get out of the Empire, you know? And help with things, yeah, help with things that really Echo was bringing up. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe by the end of the season or start of next season, we see the Batch back together because they almost go and join Echo rather than waiting for him to come back to them.
1: Yeah, it kind of shakes things up because they can't just keep doing what they're doing. Like, even even if it weren't for, you know, Echo leaving to help save clones, uh it still would just be like is this is this enough is this the life and I think this is what Hunter has been questioning too is this the life that he wants to raise Omega in does he want this for her does he want this for himself and I think that that's all kind of coming to a head now because of Sid and her like seeming lack of care for them (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I like I didn't really put together what happened in you know the Speed racing episode, but like you said, Malagi, her old compatriot, her old business partner, literally says to them, mm-hmm. she's probably not who she says she is, like, you gotta be careful. Yeah. And at first I took that as like, oh, he hates her, you know? Yeah. But you're right, with this episode, looking back, it's kind of showing like, yeah, maybe Sid really seemed like a softie season one when you guys were helping her out all the time, when you helped her get yeah. her parlor back. Mm-hmm. When you want her back her money, you know? Yeah. But now that you are stranded on a planet with no resources and not really any goods to give her either, she doesn't care.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when she has to pull through without any reciprocation, is she going to pull through for them? And it seems mm-hmm. like no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like kind of pushes her into a bit more Hondo territory. Mm-hmm. But being that she was so nice and then turned on them so hard, I don't have as much love for her as I do Hondo, because I feel yeah. like Hondo is very upfront about, you can't trust me. Yeah. Like, ah, Kenobi, you're my best friend, but I'm <laughs> yeah. always going to abandon you, and yeah. I will fight you if I want what you have.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's very, um... yeah, he is very open about that. I think the only person who really had to learn that the hard way was Ezra. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> oh ezra <laughs> he was like i don't care that you're a pirate or what anybody else says you are now my dad <laughs> like yeah. gets mad at Canaan, runs to hondo oh my god <laughs> but
1: oh um i guess one thing we should talk about is the mysterious person who took the ship yeah
0: yeah do you think that's gonna come back
1: yeah, i don't know um, I mean, I know, but I can't
0: say. Ah, dang it, Danielle, that's <laughs> right. No, <laughs> this is the worst. But, but what do you think? <laughs> I mean, when I first watched it, I wrote down Tuscan-like being question mark because oh, yeah. the mask kind of reminded me of that, and mm-hmm. we were on a deserty planet, so I thought maybe they were gonna like go get their other friends, and then they were gonna like attack the batch. But no, they just snuck onto just... the ship and.
1: Off. Just took the ship, yeah. yeah. And um, we can't forget—he's not gotten a lot of attention this season, but Gonki is still on the ship.
0: No, yeah, that's right. So, Gonki yeah. and her little—is it like a Lula, good doll? Lula, Lula yeah, or
1: Lola? Lula. Lula. It's
0: Lula. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was I was thinking about that. I was like, is this gonna be? a they happen upon the marauder again and they get it back just in time or is mm-hmm. this gonna be like the first phantom in rebels where it just blows up or is fully gone yeah. and then they <laughs> just have to get a new one you know yeah, somehow um
1: i know there are people worried that it's going to be like the razor crest part two
0: <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's still so sad
1: yeah but, like Omega said, that is their home. Mm-hmm. I know that they they probably don't view it that way, but that's really besides Camino, the only home Omega's ever known, and I think she would probably view that home as much more hers than mm-hmm.
0: much safer
1: too. yeah yeah that that's her that is her comfort that is what took her away from Camino and what saved her life ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I just had a few little things Um, I liked that we saw this episode um, Hunter kind of using his heightened sense again I feel like Mm -hmm. at least I haven't noticed a ton of that this season but at the start of the episode he used it to know you know figure out which way the storm was going and then later in the episodes I'm assuming he like felt vibrations or something Mm -hmm. when like Tech and Omega fell. Well, I guess that doesn't really make sense, but he somehow knew something was wrong when they fell. So, yeah, kind of like the reminder that Tech is a really good soldier.
1: Mm -hmm. Like
0: a good marksman. It's just a reminder of, like, yep, this is what Hunter's good at. Not just being a dad. Yeah. He's also a really good dad, but.
1: Yeah, he also has heightened senses. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, they all have special abilities. Yeah. And oh my gosh, after they. They're in the lake, you know, and Tech and Omega crawl out. I just the attention to Omega's wet hair. It was so cute to me. I was like, oh, she looks like a little drowned rat. And I now know. she's sad, and they're gonna have a big emotional conversation. <laughs> I just thought it was really sweet.
1: Speaking of that scene, someone said that, um, or someone took a screenshot of it and zoomed in on Tech when he's like on his back after they've just dragged themselves out of the lake. And he has to take off his goggles a little bit to drain the water. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I have to go back and watch that so I can see it happen. No, me too. But he does. He, like, lifts the bottom so that the water can come out.
0: (laughs) The attention to detail on the show. Just the little things. Yeah. So good. Um, Did you have any other... Are things you wanted to say?
1: Um, I think that one of the things I guess is, is that, you know, we talk a lot about how Omega has been affected by Echo leaving, but she's not the only one. Like, Tech was extra testy with Wrecker this episode, like so on edge and so just like snippier than usual. And I think that is him, like he told Omega, he does have to adjust to change. And I think that is him adjusting. And then the fact that he brought up that, you know, Echo would normally help them with this, but Echo's not here. So they actually need Wrecker. And Hunter's like, no, sorry, Wrecker's staying with Omega. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, we do see tech struggling with Adjusting. And so I think he and Omega are actually the ones who are struggling the most with adjusting to this. And that's why they uh, clashed so heavily because yeah. they're struggling in different ways. And I thought that that was just such a good, like, subtle way to show that, you know, yeah, Tech does get snippy every now and then. And he does let his knowledge kind of take over from his emotions. But this is what it looks like when he's struggling. And
0: I thought that was such a smart way to do it. I agree. It was, like you said, it was very subtle because I, I mean, I didn't put it together. I was kind of like, okay, Tex kind of being a jerk. And then when (laughs) he said what he did to Omega, I was like, okay, Tex on one. Like, I don't know what his deal is right now. (laughs) But yeah, what you said is really true. Like, it's just, he's not one to express his emotions in a way of stating them or showing them like on his face and things like that like omega is but yeah like he is going through something inside and it is affecting how he's coming off to the world yeah so i think echo leaving and crosshair leaving definitely has a lot of parallels Mm -hmm. how do you think it's affecting the batch as a whole like we've talked about omega and tech a lot but having that happen again like the reason, a reason I think Tech might be so upset about it is he doesn't understand why. He's mm. And he states that. But it's like, not only has this happened once, this has happened twice. And in his technical mind, he can't figure out why. Like, what's the wrong, what's wrong with the batch? What's the piece that's off that's driving people away? Like, what are mm. we doing? And I think that might kind of play into you know his whole emotional state Mm.
1: yeah I could see how it would be more difficult for him I think Hunter I think Echo leaving was easier for Hunter than Crosshair leaving because Hunter does understand Echo's choice and he does I think there's a part of him that agrees with it and I think he also knows like he told Omega that Echo's not Gonna be gone forever. Like, I don't think Hunter believes that he'll be gone forever. Yeah. And because the choice that Echo made was the more moral choice than the choice that Crosshair made, Hunter yeah. believes that even more. And he's okay with that. Uh, whereas Crosshair, it's not like they can just go meet up with Crosshair because they've chosen truly different paths. They could just go meet up with Echo, like, if Echo needed them. They still have their comms, even though Echo yeah. turned his off uh, for a little bit. They still have their comms. They're still able to reach out to each other. So for Hunter, I think he's he's viewing it more as, like, it's okay. It really is okay for him. Yeah. And Wrecker, I think, is maybe a little similar. He's probably, probably still, you know, adjusting to the change and everything. But, again... It's easier to understand why Echo left than why Crosshair left. And mm-hmm. Tech, I think, like you said, has just his logical mind. I think he does understand why Echo left, but I think that he doesn't logically understand, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Or or maybe the opposite. He logically understands, but he doesn't emotionally understand yes, why he left. Yeah. Because he's not as connected to the to the regs as Echo Mm -hmm. is, so maybe his, like, emotionally, he would be like, no, I focus on my family, not on anyone else. And Mm -hmm. so why would Echo, because Echo's a part of the family, Why why would he care about everyone else?
0: Yeah. And I think what you're saying about, like, it's kind of affecting Tech in, like, a different way. Like, he doesn't understand really why either of them left. Like, he understands, but doesn't emotionally understand. And I think it was pointed out, because the whole episode, you know, you're sitting there thinking, you know, they lost another member, this is kind of like Crosshair, but Tech's the only one who states it, and really draws that conclusion, because like you said, I think Hunter and Wrecker understand it more, and they both believe he's coming back, they know, you know, this is our family, this is his family, like, of course we'll see him again, this isn't the end. Yeah. And I think Tech maybe has some fears, based on what happened with Crosshair, that they're not going to see him again. He's not going to yeah. come back.
1: Yeah. Well, I kind of keep going back to what Tech said to Crosshair and Wrecker at the end of season one, when he says uh, – well, Crosshair says, oh, I didn't expect you to stick up for me, and or you to agree with me. And Tech says, no, I, I understand your, why you've done what you've done. That doesn't mean I agree with it. Yeah. And I think because of that, maybe tech can't let go of crosshair the way that Hunter and Wrecker can just kind of push it to the side. Logically he is. He he does to get the missions done and everything. But I think I would I would say that there's probably an argument that crosshair comes across Echo's mind or Tech's mind much more frequently than maybe Hunter and Wrecker's.
0: Yeah. And I was kind of thinking about. Like you were saying, it's very different. The terms that they ended on with Crosshair versus Echo, and a big difference is like Crosshair leaving was very hateful.
1: Mm-hmm. He was very
0: intentional, you know, when they left him on that platform. Like, I don't like you guys. I don't want to be around you. Get away from me. I'm gonna. I would rather risk death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm gonna come like hunt you guys again. Like, you guys suck, and I hate you. Kind of. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So dramatic. And I think being that. Text less of an emotional person you know like that hatefulness really hurts wrecker and hunter in a way that I feel like sometimes if you're really hurt by a person it's easier to distance yourself from them mm-hmm. whereas like like Tex said he understands but he doesn't agree and I wonder if that's like I don't know, just crosshairs aggression doesn't affect him in the same way
1: Mm, yeah maybe. because he's able to separate it maybe a little yeah. bit yeah. yeah yeah that's interesting yeah i'm excited for to find out what
0: happens next or to see what happens next okay danielle teresa <laughs> 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 to be able to tweet about thing. <laughs> to be able
1: to talk about it yeah <laughs>
0: yeah no but i'm really excited too and i'm I'm just excited for the rest of this season because I'm really hoping, I'm pretty sure, that they're going to give us several kind of offshoot episodes. You know, a little more on Crosshair checking in on him, even if he doesn't meet back with the Batch at all this season. And, I mean, I'm begging for some buddy cop, Rex and Echo, and if we don't get it, (laughs) I'm going to be really upset. But I'm hoping we get a few episodes there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think so far, I mean... How do you feel – I know it's only one episode into the second half of the season, but since – like, I, I don't want to speak on this, but how do you feel it's set up for the for the rest of the season compared to, like, the first half of the season?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think – like, what you were saying about Sid? you know, they lost their ship, Echo's gone, it's leaving – space for a lot it's there's a lot of change happening to them Mm -hmm. and i think it's leaving a lot of change possible for them in the future like what i think they're gonna stop and think a little more about what their next steps are i don't know i almost felt like this is a bit of an emotional turn
1: Mm.
0: like i realize it is mid-season so maybe they're doing the thing that they do where like start of the season end of the season and mid-season have some like hard-hitting episodes Mm but. Yeah, I would like to see. I definitely don't want them to brush over Echo after this. Mm. I think, even if they're not all still as emotionally raw or upset about it, yeah, just like still seeing the absences of like, oh, Echo, can you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, okay, Record, can you? <laughs> kind of a thing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't thought too much about what's next. I'm just excited, you know? Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is probably a good spot to kind of start to wrap up. Any other little quips, ideas, thoughts? Um, I don't think so. I yeah.
1: just th- thought it was a really good, um... I think it was a perfect episode to have after the intensity of episode seven and eight, because it wasn't just, I mean, it wasn't really a fun episode. It was a very emotional episode. Um, But it also wasn't, I think, as heavy as episode seven and eight. And so it it allowed us space to breathe and time to really spend with them. And at the same time, like you said, kind of further the options for what might happen later by instigating change within them and uh with Sid so yeah I thought it was a really great just post Mm mid-season
0: what do they call them mid-season finale yeah (laughs) yeah exactly kind of like a Mm wrap-up because there was just yeah like like you said the last two episodes were very intense you know emotional to an extent but like yeah, it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Like, okay, Echo and Rex are going to do who knows what. Yeah. And so I liked that we got to have a little bit of a wrap-up with the rest of the batch. Because I think we know we're not going to see Echo and Rex for a few more episodes. So, I think we're good to wrap up for the main episode here. Um, we will have our little bonus Patreon mini after this. Today we're going to talk about our top five favorite bounty hunters slash assassins you know kind of go hand in hand but yeah um danielle you're doing such good coverage of so many things lately as well as plenty of other random little thoughts and funny stuff where can we find you
1: you can find me on tiktok at written in the star wars on twitter at danny s394 and on instagram at written in the sw and i talk about clones most of the time but also the last of us so
0: yeah yeah, you just, I saw this video you did, I think it was recent, um, about clones with blonde hair. Yes. <laughs> and, and who's bleaching it and who's <laughs> actually got a, gen- a genetic mutation.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Fun <I> mean, conversations. <laughs> right. And I've always thought that Rex bleaches it just because that seems extra of him. But the fact that it's so short, like, there's a good argument to be made that it's natural because he would be bleach burning his skull the entire time. yeah
1: i'm i'm neutral on it because there's no canon explanation true there's no canon confirmation either way so i'm neutral on it and i enjoy just watching people argue about it
0: (laughs) yeah hear all the different sides yeah it's funny (laughs) people get really passionate about it too (laughs) they do (laughs) but yeah um if you'd like to follow my journey at all through the trials and tribulations of cosplay as well as some other random videos about Nerdy things that I enjoy. Um, You guys can find me at Lady, period, Tano, period, creates. That's on Instagram and TikTok. So head on over there if you want any of the aforementioned topics or want to hear my thoughts on them, I guess. (laughs) But thank you for listening and supporting. Another great way to support us at Star Wars Universe Podcast is over on Patreon. For just a few dollars a month, um, you can get access to ad free episodes every week as well as the little bonus, like, after-chat minisodes that we do every week. Um, You also get access to merch. And we're doing this thing where once we're not covering a show that's coming out and we have some more space creatively, we're going to help you guys plan. We're going to have you guys help us plan an episode. There we go. So, yeah, if you have any ideas or thoughts or things that you just are dying to hear us talk about, email in. Um yeah. We love feedback. We're gonna be doing a feedback episode also. So even if you don't have ideas about episodes, you can always hit us up with thoughts about what we've talked about recently or something else interesting that you saw. And we'll get to that at some point in a feedback episode. For everything about the podcast, Ways to contact us. You can find that at theethicalpanda.com. There you find all the social medias for the Star Wars Universe podcast as well as the email, so you can write in. There's also info about Matthew's other podcasts, um, Superhero Ethics, and just some other stuff that Matthew's been doing lately. So yeah, (laughs) check us out, as well as Danielle, of course. And if you're here through Patreon, stick around for that bonus mini-sode. If not, have a wonderful day.